Today we watched Follow That Bird, a movie from 1985. The IMDb summary says, Miss Finch, a meddling social worker, sends Big Bird off to Ocean View, Illinois, for the comforts of family life with his own kind. Feeling homesick, Big Bird soon sets off on foot for Sesame Street. Can his old friends find him before he runs afoul of trouble and root? Welcome to Torture Vision. Hi, my name is Anthony Dinar, and this is my co-host, Brandon Hayes. Hello. Speaking of foul, you could have named this Follow That Turd and could have been better off. No, I mean, this movie was a turd. I I mean, Sesame Street, I mean, the sewer runs right underneath it. I mean, it (laughs) totally is believable. Before we even get into the movie itself, I just want to say that this is not for children. (laughs) It's a little late for that warning, Brad. (laughs) I tried to get it in as quick as possible. <laughs> I'm uh, just that filthy. <laughs> this review is not for children. So if you're a kid, turn this off. And You uh, know they won't. Probably wouldn't recommend you watch the Follow That Bird. Maybe watch something else. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the movie opens up with uh, Oscar's theme song. For whatever reason, it's just kind of out of place considering the rest of the movie. Is that just, his theme song or whatever? It's just his song. It yeah, just didn't sort of fit. None but, of it um, fit. No, I mean everything was it. It flowed in a story, but this yeah. felt like total filler. Right, like, just right, shove right. it in at the beginning of the movie, and it'll eat up some time. Um, it probably was the best song though in the whole <laughs> movie. Uh, he's singing about like, "Don't let the sunshine spoil your rain." Just Stand up and complain. <laughs> kind of what we do here. <laughs> he is the best character throughout the entire... He's definitely the best. Yeah. Like, the reason to watch this movie at all. Um, and, in fact, he says at the end of the movie, like, uh, so you've seen the best part of the movie, so sit back and watch the rest of the garbage. Oh, no, he says that at the end of his song. Yeah, this is the best part of the movie, yeah. so... <laughs> So anyway, uh, when the story actually starts, we see the Feathered Friends Council meeting. This is a group of, like, pretentious birds <laughs> who want to uh, put stray birds with nice bird families yeah. in, like, an adoption center. One of the birds opens up a full dossier on Big Bird. It has all his information in it, past and present. Um, whoever's putting this dossier together... I have no clue. Bird spies, perhaps? Like, <laughs> who's actually gathering this information on Big Bird? I NSA? Don't know. I don't know. Like, he would, you would think that he would have to be a part of the government system for him to be on their radar. Like, he, what, whatever happened to Big Bird's family? I guess that's really what it comes down to. Like, were they murdered in some, like, horrific accident? And, and he's, like, he's an orphan now? Is, is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We never get any insight into that. So whatever that crime was or whatever that happened, like that's potentially how the bird council got a hold of his file. They heard about the it, like Big Bird's father goes on this murder suicide, kills the whole family, <laughs> but Big Bird just wasn't there at the time. So he was the only one spared. 
and they heard about this horrible tragedy, so they filled out a dossier. Like, we need to get him in a new bird family. I would believe that he was actually there, and it just, it was so psychologically traumatizing to him. That's why he's a retard. <laughs> That's why he's, like... I think he's just a retard, because he's <laughs> uh, he's got a bird brain. He's just a dummy. Yeah. But, um, um, anyway, so they, they, they complain, that this bird council says, uh, Big Bird's all alone. There are no other birds around. He's the only bird on Sesame Street, which is bullshit because there are other bird puppets on Sesame Street. Are there? Yeah. There's a little bird named Little Bird because you got <laughs> Big Bird and Little Bird, and he's been around since uh, 1968. He appeared in season one. Oh, wow. He's been there since the very beginning. So there are other bird characters yeah, on I would, Sesame Street. Yeah, I would believe that. You know, this is about the point where... I realized as a little kid, I saw this. Um, I don't remember much of anything of this film, but I do remember feeling so disappointed and frustrated that this was all about Big Bird. There was like there was nothing else to focus on but Big Bird. I was so fed up with that as a kid. I, I hated this movie. Well, that that was the big draw. Big Bird was the star of the show for whatever reason. He wasn't my favorite either. By far, but this and is before I became a cynical asshole. Like even Oscar <laughs> the Grouch wasn't my favorite. Back in the day. Um, I probably like Grover or something the most. I don't know. Yeah, but like this is uh like pre Elmo, obviously in some weird. Yeah, way. I wasn't gonna bring up that red little shit stain until the very end <laughs> of my review. So like, just hold on to that thought. Elmo is practically nowhere in this movie. Yeah, thank God. But anyway, um. So Miss Finch, this uh, bitch bird, says from the Bird Council, she says, uh, we all know he, Big Bird, can't be happy. He needs to be put with his own kind, a bird family. So she takes it upon herself to travel to Sesame Street and essentially kidnap Big Bird. Yeah. Like she, I mean, he kind of goes willingly, but she takes him to, to move him to a segregated bird family. Right. He is like a little kid, and after all, like, little kids are manipulable. So she's coaxing him into going. Like, he immediately said, like, no, I'm happy here. I'm fine. But no, she kept, like, fucking drilling it into him. and Filling then he his agreed. head with propaganda. Yeah, exactly. And so then he actually daydreams about what uh, life with a bird family might be like. And it's shown all animation style, probably so they didn't have to craft a bunch of big bird costumes. Yeah. But uh, the daydream is so wonderful, he decides to leave Sesame Street because in this little animated short, we see him hanging out with like a big bird looking father and mother and, and brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's his they actual all... family before the murder-suicide. <laughs> <laughs> so they all look alike. And so he's excited to go. Like, yeah, I'd like to be with my own kind. So then Big Bird says goodbye to Snuffy, Snuffleupagus, <laughs> and asks him for one last favor. Like, will you watch my nest, all the things while I'm away so nothing happens to him? But you're never coming back. So, like, why is he watching your stuff for an undetermined amount of time? Right. And that's uh, my first com major complaint with the movie. Like, Sesame Street is located in New York. Yeah. So the space isn't cheap in New York. Like his apartment, if that's what you want to call it, like is uh, probably four hundred square feet total. That's like but it's just know, on ten the... grand a month in fucking <laughs> New York standards. So like, um, he just expects that shit to just stay there. Well, it is on the street, storage free. <laughs> no, like some homeless man would move in. 
Like, that's basically what this is, right? Like, they, they don't have four walls and a roof. Like, he's between the trash can and the building or whatever. <laughs> that's where fucking Oscar the Grouch is living right next to him. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> fucking filthy. But why not pack up all your shit and take it with you? I don't know. Instead, he packs just a few things. The necessities. Yeah, important essentials <laughs> in his brief or in his uh, suitcase, like a comb, a marker, a rubber ducky, a book called Birds of the World, <laughs> swimming goggles, along with swimming flippers that are way too small for his big dumb bird feet that are already webbed. <laughs> yeah. Two dress ties and a fully inflated beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> and he also takes his teddy bear, but he doesn't pack it in the suitcase. But this is all he takes with him yeah. to his new home. And he should have read that book because then he would have known that he was going to go to a dumb, retarded bird family. <laughs> yeah. And look up what dodos are. Yeah. <laughs> so Big Bird says goodbye to all his friends. And this is when we probably get the best line of the movie when Big Bird says goodbye probably. to Oscar. Probably. This is the best line. <laughs> Big Bird says goodbye to Oscar. And Oscar says, why? That's the nicest thing you ever said to me. <laughs> and so, like, uh, he was lying. Like, the, the best part of the film is his part, but it wasn't until after the song where he said that line. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. And the rest of the movie is just a downhill from here. No, there's still some good Oscar moments. <laughs> but anyway, Big Bird arrives in Ocean View, Illinois. Which, by There's the way, no ocean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the joke. And I did look it up online just to make sure, and it is fictitious. Um, he meets uh, his incredibly stupid foster family, the Dodos. The Dodos live on Canary Row, where they're the only ones living in a giant birdhouse. Yeah. Like, all the other houses look normal, but this one house the dodos live in look like looks like an actual birdhouse right right um, so much for being around his own kind <laughs> yeah so big bird wastes no time at all writing a letter to his friends on sesame street telling him about his new home and how he should be happy here but he's not so you know what's wrong with me is what he <laughs> asks uh snuffy decides to write big bird a postcard hearing that Big Bird's all upset, and uh, Snuffy wants to know if it's okay for him to come and visit. And so Snuffy's postcard is fucking huge, right? <laughs> the mailman looks pissed having to deliver it. Why does it have to be so big? Like, fucking Big Bird wrote a fairly normal-sized letter to Sesame Street, so why can't Snuffy do the same? I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, when, when you have a stroke... And it's hard to function, let alone talk. I mean, he had to write really big letters. <laughs> yeah, Snuffy does look kind of like a stroke victim. Kind of. With no ears. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's such a dismal fucking character. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he would bum out Eeyore. Oh, bother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Eeyore is like, dude, you're harsh in my mood. <laughs> Big Bird reads Snuffy's postcard to his dodo family, and um, they ask him what kind of bird Snuffy is. And Big Bird says he's not a bird. He's a Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Which clears up nothing. Like, what the fuck's a Snuffleupagus? I watched the whole movie. I still don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> but uh, one of the guy, like the, the father dodo says, uh, but your best friend should be a bird. You should be with your own kind. Birds. <laughs> that's when, like, I started to notice that uh, his voice sounds a lot like that white trash um, KKK 
character from <laughs> South Park. He does. You know? <laughs> He's like, white power. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I think that's him, actually. <laughs> you don't know that he's a bird because he's under that white bed sheet. Yeah, um, you know, you bring up a good point, and uh, and like we really do have to talk about this. This is incredibly insensitive. I can't believe this is for kids, for one, and two, I can't believe they made this film. Like, granted, like the message is good at the end of the movie or whatever, but like there's a big underlying draw that it's just like. Fuck everyone else unless it's your race or whatever it is. Like, there are even different types of birds, but I get it. They're they're both birds. Um, It's just like the whole time I was watching this, it's like, you shouldn't have a friend who's not a bird or like you shouldn't have a friend that's that's Jewish. Like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> like that's that's the feeling that that this movie has. Like, there's no like thought process of like why you should hang out with other birds and like why like maybe bird psychology is good it's just like pure hatred for another race that's just unexplainable well i understand the point of the movie it's like it's to prove that all of this is bad right right the problem that they made in um in the whole message was that they got it kind of clouded Maybe you wouldn't pick it up like as a child, but like subconsciously, maybe you'd hit on it that Big Bird was all excited to go to a bird family and he envisioned a bunch of birds who looked just like him. But when he didn't get that Big Bird family, when he got the dodos, then he's like, oh, this is bad. Like in that little animated short, they should have had a bunch of different type of birds. Right. But because like that way it would he was looking forward to just being with the bird kind. But right. because he didn't get stuck with the right bird kind, he was ha- unhappy. Right. So like, is this pro eugenics? Like, is Big Bird would he have been okay if it was a Big Bird family? Exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like he would have been perfectly fine if it was a Big Bird family instead of the Dodo. Right. And that's kind of shitty. Like, they kind of fucked up on that point. So is this, like, this is (laughs) pro-segregation? To the highest order. (laughs) Really? The purest family? (laughs) The Grouches should be with the Grouches. Fucking (laughs) Snuffleupaguses should be with their own Murder? No, oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Fucking calm down there, Hitler. (laughs) Let's not go that far. Um, so anyway, uh, Big Bird decides he's gonna run away from home, and he doesn't even take his fucking suitcase with him. All that important <laughs> stuff he packed, he all he leaves with is his teddy bear. So then we see Chevy Chase, one of the many, uh, celebrity cameos in I this I can't show. believe how many people they got to be in this. Chevy's playing a television newscaster, um, he reports some breaking news that a six-year-old, eight-foot yellow bird has run away from home, and all the people in Sesame Street... They see the news report, and um, I'm wondering, like, so the inhabitants of Sesame Street watch the news, the news that's going on around the entire rest of the world. Yeah. So... Yeah, because this isn't local news. Sesame Street is clearly in New York City. And they're getting news about a runaway bird from Illinois. Right. So, like, do you think they hear about stuff like war and 9-11 on Sesame (laughs) Street? They, They must. Yeah. But, like, 9-11 obviously didn't happen because this was filmed in 84. Didn't happen. And, and yet, because <laughs> oh, this was okay. filmed in 1985. 
I thought you were gonna spin some weird conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, yeah, okay, but you get my point. Like they hear about like the Berlin Wall or World yeah. War Two. Yeah, exactly. You know. Anyway, uh, Miss Finch says like I'm gonna find Big Bird wherever he is and bring him back to the dodos. That's her big message on the news. So now we our our movie's clearly set up. Big Bird's running back to Sesame Street. Uh, Miss Finch is trying to catch him first, and then the people from Sesame Street are like, we gotta find Big Bird first and bring him back home. Right. So it's a big race to follow that bird. Yeah. Um, and Big Bird is walking all alone on a fairly lit city street, and Miss Finch drives right in front of him. She doesn't see him at all, like, so right away <laughs> she's no longer a menacing villain for us to fear. <laughs> she's a she's dumb she, bird. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it, she's just a big dumb obstacle we have to occasionally avoid. Yeah. <laughs> but she's no longer scary in the very first scene where she's supposed to be a villain. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, just terrible writing like i know this is for children but i mean you could do a little better than that yeah arguably parents have to watch this because their brat kids are going to watch this over and over and over again so they have to enjoy it too yeah to some extent i think that's the reason why we did this movie right i mean there's lots of adults that are going to be subject to this garbage with their kids well ultimately i decided to do this because i thought it'd be funny if we were just dicks about a children's movie <laughs> <laughs> so the people of sesame street decide to form groups to go searching for big bird to find him before miss finch does i'm not so sure how legal this adoption was in the first place like are the dodos now lawful guardians of big bird and if so like finding him before miss finch wouldn't mean much she just return him back to the dodos so uh, probably with a police escort, right? Like, yeah. if, if the people from Sesame Street found Big Bird, he would just be taken away again because legally now he's bound to the dodo. Right. Or is this adoption just a shady deal? Like, a bunch so, of underground eugenists? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if it's a shady deal, then why not just let Miss Finch and the feathered friends do all the hard work? As soon as they find Big Bird, bring him back to the dodos. You have their address. Grab him as soon as he's returned. Yeah. <laughs> so then we we are introduced to Bob's plan. There are several humans that live on Sesame Street. You may or may not be familiar with them. Um, Bob is the the standalone white guy. <laughs> he's like everyone else is paired up. Like you've got uh, you've got actually three black characters, two females and one male. You've got two Mexican characters, one male, one female. Uh, I guess you do have two white characters, the one deaf girl and yeah. The, uh, okay, so yeah, I, I I don't know why I didn't just Racist. count her as. I'm like, oh, she doesn't count because she's deaf. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I need to watch this movie again and learn something. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. You can make fun of her all you want. She can't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Bob, his big plan, he puts together this big plan where he's going to go find uh, Big Bird. And I understand that the Muppets on Sesame Street are kind of dumb. That's basically... Kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, they have the mental capacity of children. Yeah. And the show is designed that way so the human characters can teach the Muppets how to read and write and whatever. Right. So the humans have to be smart in order for the show to function properly. But uh, why is Bob 
a human character so fucking stupid. Like, it, it, this is his plan. He draws up a map of the entire United States, and then he tells everyone that um, we're here in New York. Big Bird is here in Illinois, headed towards Sesame Street. We hope. Is what he actually said. <laughs> yeah. No, you know he is because Big Bird left a note saying, I'm running away to Sesame Street. Right, but I mean, right away, like, Big Bird is dumb. He might be headed in the wrong direction. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so a big part of the success of Bob's plan hinges on Big Bird's intelligence. <laughs> Bad call, Bob. <laughs> but anyway, Bob splits everyone up into teams. He then sends each team on a different route. It's uh, debatable whether or not this is actually necessary because all routes eventually lead to a town called Toadstool, which they should all reach Toadstool in vehicles before Big Bird reaches Toadstool right. on and foot. then you can split up looking for them, yeah, when you get right. closer. But whatever, I'm not going to debate that. Bob says... Now you should all meet Big Bird right around Toadstool. If you get there and you haven't found him, phone here. So I guess that's to hear Plan B of Bob's plant. Like <laughs> if you made it all the way to Toadstool and you found, you haven't found him yet, like I'll just pull some other dumb idea out of my ass. Well, he's he's buying his time because he's like, I won't tell you what Plan B is until I have time to think about it. Right. So you go to Toadstool and then call me, and by then I'll have something to tell you. But here's my biggest problem with Bob's plan. Uh, he the, the search teams themselves, like, what are they? Uh, I wrote them down. Gordon's Volkswagen has Gordon, Olivia, Linda, and Cookie Monster. Yeah. That's uh, three humans and one Muppet. Mm -hmm. Then we got Oscar's car. That's Oscar, Tully, Maria, and some generic honker Muppet. So that's one human and three Muppets. Yeah. Then we got uh, uh, Count's car. The Count is also, like, the Count's driving solo. Then we got... Uh, well, he's so annoying, nobody wants to go on a long uh, road trip with him. No, he's just going to count constantly. <laughs> then we got Ernie's biplane. Bert and Ernie are flying together in a biplane. And then finally, we got Grover just flying with Superman-like superpowers. And I know he did that on the show, but it's kind of goofy. And once again, it, Grover's just flying solo. These teams are so incredibly unbalanced... It makes me wonder if Bob can fucking count. <laughs> like, isn't that what they teach on Sesame Street? <laughs> Why are a majority of these groups lacking any human supervision as well? Like, none of them should have left without at least one human per group. We did just establish that they're all basically children. Yeah. <laughs> you think that, like, there's a scene where uh, once, once Bob tells everyone... Uh, it, let's Let's all break up into these groups that I put together that are horribly... Uh, miscast and then after he describes everything to everyone then oscar says like this is gonna be great like i love wild goose chases let's go get lost yeah and that's exactly <laughs> what i'm thinking it's like what are the odds that like you're just gonna lose more muppets yeah you go out searching for big birds you'll just never see grover again <laughs> Bert and Ernie in their biplane, it's gone. <laughs> just never hear from them. It's like the Amelia Earhart story. Yeah. <laughs> you just never know what happened. <laughs> it's like Big Bird's family. It's just some big like, <laughs> mystery. That's okay. The The Jim Henson workshop will just craft more Muppets. <laughs> the first thing I, I suspect anybody who's listening is like, dude, this is a kid's story. It's movies for kids. It's like, okay, like I'll I'll play devil's advocate and be like, that was a dumb idea. Let's teach kids that they can go out on their own and get lost and murdered or raped or whatever. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, you should always 
walk out with like human like uh, parent parental supervision yeah yeah <laughs> you're not teaching that very well in this movie not here so um by the way oscar's car is it actually has a name it's called the sloppy jalopy <laughs> and i thought it would be funny to look your it up mom on urban... likes my sloppy jalopy exactly <laughs> like i thought it'd be funny to look up on urban dictionary what that is oh god damn it <laughs> but you know like the internet disappoints the shit out of me. It's there, but its definition is exactly the same as a Spider-Man. You finish in your hand, and then you slap your partner in the face. Oh, come on. So come on, internet. You're known for filth even Oscar wouldn't dive through. <laughs> You're better than that. <laughs> really? <laughs> so uh, Big Bird hitches a ride on a turkey truck in the next scene. And, oh, this um, was horrible. Okay, like... He comes up, and it's like there's – it's a big farm. Mm -hmm. It's it's a turkey farm. And um, why would you walk up there as, as being a bird? Like, wouldn't you stay away from that place? Granted, yeah, he's a dumb kid, so maybe he doesn't know, but – They're caging up your own kind, yeah. essentially. Yeah, like you Although, could see that. I, I would argue maybe there's a difference because – Big Bird can walk and talk, and he's essentially a Muppet, and those are, like, just dumb birds that don't talk. It's kind of the same as, like, I would walk up to a zoo. I've been into many zoos that have apes caged up, and That's so they, you got to think of it in those terms. Okay. Um, I thought it was kind of weird, though, that, like, the, the actual uh, farm there has, like, the Perino logo on it. <laughs> so, like, is that they're just grinding up those chickens and turkeys and stuff and making dog food? <laughs> is that what that place is? <laughs> yeah, even more reason to stay away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Big Bird decides to hitch a ride with one of the um, one of the guys who's just uh, driving turkeys around, caged turkeys, and it happens to be Waylon Jennings, the uh, famous country singer. At Big first, he's like he's not willing to give Big Bird a ride. But then when he's like, well, like Oscar the Grouch calls me a big turkey all the time or something like that. And then he's like, yeah, OK, I'm not going to disagree with that. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Sesame Street. Like he's all creepy and weird, but then nothing happens. Like, why'd you have that dialogue? Like he's going to drive him to the turkey farm yeah. and like cut his neck off. <laughs> exactly. They're going to make some turkey dogs and feed it to, yeah. <laughs> feed it to the animals. Uh, so, um, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but, um, I just thought, like, I wrote down my notes, like, I was going to complain that Big Bird shouldn't be teaching children how to hitchhike. Yeah. But then I realized that this movie came out in 1985 and the world didn't know hitchhiking was dangerous until 1986 when the Rutger Hauer movie, The Hitcher was released. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Before then, we just thought it was okay. <laughs> So, uh, in the truck, Waylon and Big Bird share uh, this bit of dialogue. Waylon says, so you're the bird on the run, huh? And Big Bird says, oh, yeah, and I just can't wait to get back to my home on Sesame Street. I figure I can walk there in, oh, about three hours. Waylon says, three hours? More like three weeks. So, uh, that's when the cold, harsh reality slaps Big Bird in the face and he gets super depressed. And then, uh, what does Waylon do? Does he promise to help him get back? 
Does he offer to stop at a payphone and call Sesame Street to, to let Big Bird's friends know exactly where he is? Really? He is no. six years old, after all. Yeah, no, no, no. Waylon doesn't do anything. Waylon just sings a song to cheer him up and then... <laughs> or try to take advantage of him. What are the two? <laughs> but he doesn't. He's just, he's just driving him as far as he'll go. And then that's it. Like, he just drops him off. Yeah. It's like, good luck getting the rest of the way. Yeah. And then even Big Bird, when he gets out, he's like, okay, uh, which way do I have to go again? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you were driving in one direction. Why don't you just continue to go in that same direction? But no, he's a dumb bird. He's a six-year-old kid, and he's lost immediately after Waylon drops him off. Yeah, I, I wrote down. Waylon drops off Big Bird in the shittiest of locations. It's a four-way intersection. So um, we're traveling east, I would assume. Yeah. Towards Sesame Street. Big Bird doesn't want to go west because then he'd just be backtracking. So uh, he could have continued to ride east with Waylon if Waylon wasn't a fucking jerk. So uh, <laughs> now that he's on his own, he should be thinking, like, I'll just follow Waylon's truck on foot and continue walking east. But uh, instead, Big Bird decides to go either north or south. I can't tell which direction he's looking at. Right. So uh, both of those sound like bad news, but he chooses uh, of north or south. Let's just say he went south. He chooses to go south on a road that says no through road. <laughs> he even reads it out loud. Yeah. Well, he can read. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess on, on Sesame Street, they teach you how to read, but reading comprehension, that, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> that was bullshit anyways because he's on that road for a long time and it doesn't stop <laughs> no he even comments like this is the longest no through road i've ever been <laughs> on or something <laughs> so he kind of even does know what it means <laughs> so then why did he pick it um but uh, so now now we've already kind of been introduced to these two characters they called the sleaze brothers but they weren't really important up till this point um they run this thing called the sleaze brothers fun fair which is a carnival outfit that only slightly looks better than the gypsy ring in Stephen King's Thinner. <laughs> and, uh, I would rather be at uh, the gypsy ring, actually. <laughs> and uh, they've been following the news about Big Bird for a very long time, and they think Big Bird would be like this major moneymaker for their fun fair if they can manage to catch him, just set up a fucking muppet freak show well yeah because what are they competing with the invisible gorilla like they just they don't have anything yeah. fuck they could lock me in a cage and have better results than nothing it's true they got nothing there <laughs> so um there's this one scene where one of the sleaze brothers is reading newspaper and the headline is big bird flies the coop and I always love reading newspaper articles and newspaper shots, like, just to read what else is, like, filling up the page. Yeah, because they had to write something. Yeah, and underneath the main story of Big Bird running away, there's this article that says, Little Light Shed on Coaster Death. Like, what does that mean? Is that referring to a death by roller coaster? Like, someone died on a ride at the fun fair, perhaps? <laughs> like, is that, like, to make the Sleaze Brothers look even sleazier or something <laughs> hey, who knows yeah, maybe that was the death of big bird's family that's I, how it happened <laughs> i don't know but that's kind of heavy subject matter to put into a children's film well i was gonna say poster the, death i was gonna say they can't read that but it's sesame street they can read <laughs> it's true so um there's a scene where the sleaze brothers have this uh one kid on a ferris wheel they charge him five cents to get on and then they stop the ride once the kid reaches the top. 
And the kid starts to complain, and they say, It's ten cents for the round trip. If you want down, you owe us another five cents. So the kid's all upset, but he tosses a nickel down, and then uh, and then they let him off the ride. And um, I'm wondering, so they bought this Ferris wheel, they put it together, run electricity to it, and, and run it even if only one kid wants a ride. Then they only charge the kid ten cents? This is a pretty shitty business model. Yeah. I don't think they're making their money back. No, they're not. Do you think they make their money back in the concession stands? Like, you want a small soda? That's 20 bucks. Want a corn dog? 85 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you could say that, but I don't think they even had an operation for food. <laughs> like, they're, they're so fucking poor, they can't even afford to have a concession stand. It's a pretty shitty carnival. So Big Bird winds up on this farm. That's where this no-through road eventually dead ends. And he finds some kids who uh, build him a nest in... Um, in the barn they just build them a nest out of hay then we have to listen to another song and uh this this movie is just full of music which is fine like kids like musicals i guess i never did as a kid yeah me neither i only started liking musicals when i was old enough to enjoy like cannibal the musical or anything south park pretty much related that doesn't even count though yeah i know yeah i don't i don't think i've liked any legitimate musical aside from like um Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Or, oh yeah, that's uh, cool. You know, like, but even that, it's like that's a twist on your average musical. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason I like it. Same with like Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like, the only reason I like a musical is because it's like kind of making fun of the norm, or it's completely unconventional. Right. Right. But um, yeah, as a kid, I just didn't like any of the singing. You didn't shit. like Aladdin? That was like full of music. That's a kid's movie. I kind of did, but I wasn't a big fan of the music. When he's singing about a magic carpet ride and stuff, like, I could care less about that love story crap. Yeah, but the genie had cool songs. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, uh, this song is not even close to that. Like, this is just a slow, sad song that makes everyone feel bad. (laughs) But it's okay because, like, the very next scene after, um, after fucking Big Bird sings his sad song... Is uh, it's Oscar. It's an Oscar-heavy scene coming up that picks up all the momentum that this fucking song lost. They dr- Oscar drives to the Don't Drop In, which mostly caters to Grouch clientele. Though you can see a few truck driver types eating there also, like human truck drivers eating in the Don't Drop In. They're kind of grouch types. Yes, <laughs> this place is. I mean, they're like, not a bunch of assholes. They don't believe in segregation or anything. Uh, <laughs> I guess they're the heroes of the movie. <laughs> um, but this place is just filthy and disgusting, like you'd imagine. So, um, in an excellent bit of casting, fucking Sandra Bernhardt is the waitress. <laughs> she is pretty filthy. <laughs> and, uh, she waits on Oscar's table and runs through the daily specials, and one of them happens to be the toss salad. <laughs> this is a kid's movie, right? Right. <laughs> Maria says, toss salad, that sounds safe. Um, no. <laughs> The last thing I'm ordering from Sandra Bernhardt in a grouch <laughs> restaurant is a fucking toss salad. <laughs> she could probably do two of them at one time with that giant fish mouth of oh. hers. <laughs> it's just the world's worst porno waiting to happen. <laughs> but then after that, uh, Big Bird wakes up at the farm and uh, some kids teach him how to work a water pump. Um, they should be teaching him how to work a goddamn telephone to call Sesame Street. <laughs> But instead, they spend the whole day singing and doing chores, and uh, then Miss Finch shows up and eventually chases them off the farm. 
Otherwise, he probably would have just stayed there for the rest of the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Once he got there, he didn't really even care about Sesame Street anymore. Yeah. Uh, Big Bird ends up in this wheat field, and he gets all delusional, perhaps a side effect of hunger or dehydration, and uh, he starts hallucinating Mr. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Um, he passes it off as playing pretend. But come on, like, he physically sees the thing, and he can hear it speak. Yeah. He tries to hug it at one point. Yeah. But uh, the, the hallucinations cut short when Bert and Ernie's biplane flies by. It comes so close, it nearly clips Big Bird. Now that Bert and Ernie have spotted Big Bird, you'd think the movie would be over, right? No, Ernie flips the plane upside down and starts singing a song about upside-down worlds. <laughs> You know, like, I'm thinking, like, maybe the entire wheat field was sprayed with some sort of hallucinogenic pesticide. <laughs> Is that the reason everyone's going insane in this scene? <laughs> Meanwhile, I thought I'd research upside-down flight on the internet, and I found this. If the airplane doesn't have a fuel and lubrication system designed for inverted flight, there's a limit, typically 10 seconds to how long the airplane can be kept inverted. So uh, Bert and Ernie's upside-down shenanigans were highly dangerous and could have caused a fatal structural failure. <laughs> By the way, in the IMDb goofs section, there's a continuity error that reads this. When Bert and Ernie spot Big Bird on the ground, in one shot they switch places. Normally it's Bert who's flying the plane and Ernie's in the back. But when they see Big Bird, suddenly Ernie's in front and Bert's in the back. This is corrected a few shots later. I don't know who wrote this, but like, Ernie clearly says, hey Bert, let's switch places. Yeah. So it wasn't a continuity error. This person, whoever wrote this, just wasn't paying attention to the script. Did you watch it real close? Maybe it happened before. No, they... I did. I yeah. watched every fucking scene, like, <laughs> expecting, like, oh, maybe I missed something. But no, like, this person is just fucking dumb. <laughs> there was a line of dialogue. Hey, let's switch places. Yeah. Yeah, I even wrote down the actual dialogue. Hey, listen, I've got an idea, Bert. How would you like to take over the controls? Yeah. And then they switch. <laughs> Anyway, uh, everyone arrives in Toadstool. Big Bird, the Sesame Street search parties, Miss Finch, the Mario Sleaze Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bird stumbles his way into the parade, and of course, the stupid parade makes driving on the streets impossible. So, um, the people from Sesame Street just park their vehicles and stare at him. Yeah. God, I hate parades. Yeah, so do I, but at least... And so does Oscar the Grouch. He's the best guy in he this is. movie. It should have been a Grouch-centric movie, and I would have <laughs> loved it. Uh, at least Miss Finch, though, like, has, she has the good sense to get out of her vehicle and chase Big Bird down on foot. Yeah. But uh, Big Bird attempts to flee. He runs to the Sleaze Brothers Fun Fair, and he asks them if he can hide in their fair. And they say, sure, why don't you just jump inside our hiding cage? It's a giant cage welded to the back of a pickup truck, and, of course, it's, like, completely see-through. But yeah. he jumps in it anyway, and then they just drive him inside. Like, they drive the whole truck inside a one of the tents so no one can see him. And then they decide to paint him blue so because they, they're thinking, like, everyone's looking for a big yellow bird. No one will notice a big blue bird. Right. So they paint him blue, and then uh, they decide to call him the Blue Bird of Happiness and sell him as a freak show attraction He's at their the circus. He's the saddest, pathetic bird I've ever seen. <laughs> 
He's so sad. Why'd they even say that? The the big blue bird of happiness or whatever the fuck it was. I think that's part of the joke, but ultimately, it's just setting us up for another slow, sad song. I know, yeah. Like, the and my biggest problem with this scene is, like, Big Bird plays along. He sings to the audience. He sings this slow, fucking sad song and uh, does everything the Sleaze Brothers tell him to. Like, if I'm Big Bird immediately during my very first show... I'm not singing. I'm telling everyone in the audience that I'm held captive against my will. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pointing out the obvious, like, hey, assholes, look, I'm locked in a cage. I shouldn't be in here. Like, fucking Muppets have rights, too. <laughs> but, um, no, Big Bird just sings, and then, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, now what what is the ratio from, like, happy songs to sad songs? Like, this is not a cheery musical. <laughs> if If I wasn't such a cold and callous person... I'd probably cry. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, two kids in the audience put two and two together and decided to call Sesame Street. (laughs) Say, like, hey, your big dopey bird's locked up at the Sleaze Brothers Fun Fair. You should probably come rescue him. So uh, this message gets relayed to the search parties, and they race to the fun fair. And uh, inside the fun fair, the Sleaze Brothers are asleep. The humans from the Sesame Street gang are trying to quietly unlock Big Bird's cage, while all the Muppets are being loud and obnoxious, putting the whole rescue plan in in total jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, And this is the point where I'm going to complain about Cookie Monster. The entire trip, he's been eating pieces of Gordon's Volkswagen. (laughs) At this point, the vehicle just looks like Swiss cheese. (laughs) Like, if I was Gordon, I would have stopped at the nearest pet store and bought a goddamn muzzle for this gluttonous crap His name is Cookie Monster, by the way. Why is he eating a car? Not Volkswagen Monster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so during the whole uh, Big Bird rescue scene, Cookie Monster is practically spooning one of the sleeping Sleaze Brothers because <laughs> yeah. he's trying to get his hands on a nearby box of cookies. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, how could you possibly be hungry for cookies? Your guts are full of car parts. <laughs> Can you imagine how painful it's going to be for him to crap all that out? <laughs> I practically guarantee that there's going to be some sort of internal rupture. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a fatal bowel movement. (laughs) Is this a good movie for kids? Like, hey, why don't you eat your family car? (laughs) Hitchhike, run away from home, eat car parts. (laughs) So the Sleaze Brothers eventually wake up. I think it's Grover who actually wakes him up. Well, he's loud as fuck. But all the Muppets are, but yeah. Why does he have superpowers and then, like, doesn't have superpowers? Well, I think it's our yellow (laughs) sun that gives Grover. (laughs) I don't know why he's flying around like Superman. And if he is so super, why the fuck does he need a helmet? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's got a big metal knight's helmet. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Sleaze Brothers wake up. They jump in the cab of their truck and they drive the hiding cage away before Big Bird can be rescued. They actually manage to unlock the door of the cage, but he he doesn't have time to jump out before the Sleaze Brothers drive away. Bitch, please. He could have jumped out of that car. He could have, but he's so incredibly dumb. So Gordon uh, jumps into his half-eaten Volkswagen with Olivia driving, and they pursue the Sleaze Brothers down the road. What follows is sort of like a die-hard-style action scene (laughs) where Big Bird has to jump from the Sleaze Brothers truck onto Gordon's Volkswagen while both vehicles are racing down the road. <laughs> and even Big Bird has the common sense to say, like, 
hey, this is dangerous. Like, I shouldn't be jumping out of a moving vehicle. Gordon's like, I give you permission just this once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, this is a horrible movie for children. So maybe they won't be watching this with their brat children <laughs> and then want to listen to this podcast. Or we save your children's lives and then you can donate to us on our website at torturevision.com. <laughs> Whatever your child's worth to you, you know, that should be lots. <laughs> So Big Bird's safe, and uh, on a side note, the Sleaze Brothers get arrested for a ton of crimes like counterfeiting, extortion, and stealing a child's apple. Strangely, the Big Bird kidnapping isn't mentioned at all, but I'm sure they'll do hard time for that apple theft. <laughs> Big Bird returns to Sesame Street, and everyone celebrates. And while Big Bird's telling everyone about his grand feature-length adventure, Miss Finch shows up to ruin the homecoming. She insists that he be sent to another bird family, because while the dodos might not have been a good fit, she thinks a life with any bird family is better than living with humans and other assorted miscreants on Sesame Street. She's like fucking Hitler. I can't believe this. She's such a bitch. She's like, you're not going to hang out with these degenerates. You're going to be with the superior race. Like, <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, she's awful. So Maria has to explain to Miss Finch that segregation is wrong, that the melting pot culture of Sesame Street is what makes it a special place. This is the one magical spot in all the world where everyone gets along, no matter how different they are. There's no hatred, there's no racism. Humans and Muppets live together in perfect harmony. In other words, this is a Ku Klux Klan-free street. <laughs> Their cable service provider doesn't offer black entertainment television because all the channels are for everyone. <laughs> and Mr. Hooper's store isn't bashing homosexuals like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Could somebody please tell me how to get to Sesame Street? <laughs> my neighborhood's busted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Miss Finch has ruined my neighborhood, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great so anyway that's the end of the movie and i just want to bring up a couple other points we mentioned earlier that uh there's no elmo in this movie actually there is like if you look there's a little cameo at the end he just pops his dumb little puppet hat out a window he has no speaking parts that's the best part of this movie is that it predates elmo he wasn't a big star back in 85 so uh it's fucking awesome that he wasn't here because he ruined sesame street really he was like he was like the jump the shark moment if there <laughs> ever was one i was so upset that he wasn't in this film as a kid well meanwhile if you bought were you yeah because i didn't like big bird who likes big bird i mean come on uh, like when i was i was so frustrated when i i sat down to watch this as a kid and there was no elmo and then it's insult to injury that fucking Elmo is there at the end and he just wasn't part of the film. Like, well, I was they just, pissed. They just didn't market him properly at the time. I and didn't then, realize this was like pre-Elmo, though, when, when I was a dumb little six-year-old bird. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, like, if you buy the Follow the Bird DVD today, you'll notice Elmo's annoying little shit face plastered all over the goddamn thing. That's it's fucked like, up. It's such a cheap uh, attempt to sell more copies to Elmo's obsession fans yeah and children. but then he's not even in it really so like you're you're lying <laughs> yeah but they don't care because then they got your one two three dollars uh -huh. <laughs> is this the sleaze brothers <laughs> selling this smut <laughs> <laughs> on imdb there's a there's a bit of trivia that says that one of the uh the uncredited extras at that final scene 
is George Lucas. Now, I what? looked through those scenes, like, with a fine-tooth comb, like, looking at every dumb face, looking for a big fat waddle. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't see him. And it maybe it's, like, in the special editions. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I couldn't see his big, dumb, fat face ruining this film. <laughs> they added it years later. <laughs> you have to buy the Elmo copy. <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I just didn't see him at all. And I know some people will point out online that it's like, it's this one dude with a big fat beard and so it doesn't look like him. But anyway, I couldn't find him. The other thing is I was going to bring up Snuffy. At, I don't know how much you remember about Mr. Snuffleupagus. Um, when I was a kid, Mr. Snuffy was like this imaginary character. Like, he wasn't imaginary, but everyone thought he was imaginary. Only Big Bird ever saw him. And every time Big Bird was like, oh, my friend Snuffy, and he'd point over his shoulder, and then he'd turn, you know, his head, and Snuffy was gone. He's a big, fat, fucking hairy elephant. How does that, like, disappear in front of everyone's eyes? Yeah, it's uh, Aloysius Snuffleupagus, also known as Mr. Snuffleupagus. Ugh, it's so stupid. <laughs> also known as Mr. Snuffleupagus, or Snuffy, first appeared on Sesame Street on November 8th, 1971. For many years, Big Bird was the only character on the show who saw Snuffy, but later in the 17th season, 1985, when this movie came out, uh, the rest of the cast finally got to see him. That's 14 years of no one believing Big Bird's story that Snuffy existed. <laughs> but he's six years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, time operates differently in New York. <laughs> so uh, by the late 1970s, the storyline had the adult characters becoming increasingly frustrated with Big Bird using Snuffy as a scapegoat whenever something went wrong while they were out of the room. Uh, like, you know, blame a carton of spilled milk on him or something. Right. This running gag ended with the 17th season premiere of Sesame Street, episode 2096. Whoa. <laughs> Which first aired in November 18th, 1985, following the, re following the release of the Sesame Street film Follow That Bird. In an interview on Canadian television, Snuffy's performer revealed that Snuffy was finally introduced to the main cast mainly due to the string of high-profile stories of pedophilia and sexual abuse of children that had been aired on shows such as 60 Minutes in 2020. The writers felt that by having the adults refuse to believe Big Bird's story despite the fact that he was telling the truth, that they were scaring children into thinking that their parents would not believe them if they had been sexually abused. What? So, like, it, I guess... I get what they're saying, but that's weird. Yeah, so that's why. Because of pedophiles, Snuffy became a real-life thing. So then they replace it with, uh, allegedly, a real-life pedophile who's Elmo, right? <laughs> Later on, wasn't he accused? I can't I, I said allegedly. <laughs> I think he actually got cleared of those charges, yeah, whoever so it was. It was. I think it was Elmo. It was the guy who did Elmo's voice or whatever. Yeah, all the more reason why I hate that puppet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's one thing that we normally don't do. Something that uh, How Did This Get Made does on their podcast. They'll do the five-star reviews at the end of the movie. Uh, and they'll talk about like, well, we hated this movie, but here's some five-star reviews to talk about how great it was. Yeah. Um, it's a good, this, it's a good podcast. I like them. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a great bit. It's really funny material. Um, we don't do it because we're not trying to blatantly rip them off. But in this one case, we're going to do the exact opposite. 
and I've got two one-star reviews to read, <laughs> like, because this is supposed to be a beloved movie for yeah, children. for children. So, Michelle Gray on Amazon Let me guess, says, she's going to complain about hitchhiking, she's going to be complaining about having children run away on their own, and like all those other things that we mentioned, right? I hope so. Not really. She just says, sad, depressing, showcases bad manners and bickering. Not very family-friendly, had to quickly switch the DVD back to Christmas on Sesame Street, which is lovely. <laughs> what? I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with her. It is sad and, and like... You're... No, it's a downer. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of it, you look and act like Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah. It's very snuffy, heavy, and it's got like some really depressing songs. But then uh, the other review I got, Sports Girl says, this is a terrible story about adoption. Big Bird is adopted by a family he doesn't like, so he leaves. What kind of message is that about adoption? <laughs> really? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> it also very negatively portrays a family that has taken him in, so don't buy it. I threw ours in the garbage rather than let anyone else watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally... um, I just uh, wrote this down because you're gay. I decided to talk about Bert and Ernie being gay. Like, are they gay? Did you know the official stance on that? I don't know the official stance on any of this. I know that it's like a big rumor. It's talked about a lot. And the way that they are, like, you, there's a shot in this film where Ernie puts his arm over Bert in, like, a, a friendly manner or whatever. But they do live together. And they got all these other things. They bicker like married couples. So, um... If I were to guess, and if I'm wrong, I think they should be, <laughs> um, I think they're gay. Right. Well, the official statement is uh, they are not gay. They are not straight. They are puppets. They don't exist below the waist. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Another official statement says uh, Bert and Ernie are best friends. They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, they remain puppets and do not have any sexual orientation. So this was from uh, August 11th, 2011. So that's how long that's been. Oh, wow. Um, issued in response to a change.org petition to have uh, Bert and Ernie marry, uh, which circulated shortly after gay marriage was legalized in the state of New York. And I think it's kind of funny that they say, like, uh, they, they're identified as male characters, but um, they just remain puppets yeah. with, no, with no sexual orientation, so they're neither technically man or woman or right. anything. Um, at the end, when Maria is saying, like, we live on Sesame Street all together. We're all inclusive. We have cows and people, Bert and Ernie. It's like, it's <laughs> kind of funny. She does single them out as just being not even people. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, like, that you do have, like, male puppets and female puppets. I mean, come on. Like, like clearly, like, like some of them you can tell are men and some of them are, are women. Like, there's that fucking disgusting Groucho tan mom character in there. There's a female Grouch <laughs> that's pretty nasty, and obviously she's a female. There's Miss Finch. Yeah, exactly. So And I, they do like exist below the waist. Like in in, a, in some shots you'll see them have legs. I've yeah. seen Elmo have legs. 
Now, that was a pretty shitty cop-out, and I would imagine, like, if Sesame Street's around, like, 50 years from now, which I have no reason to believe they wouldn't be, that they'll just make them gay, or they'll just introduce brand new gay characters or something, just to say, like, hey, we're all supposed to be living here on Sesame Street together, so there's nothing wrong with it. Just like how, you know, hey, it's fine if, like, there's black people, white people birds and non-birds alike like we all get along uh, yeah if they if they actually watch this movie and they're like holy shit people should be living together in harmony <laughs> <laughs> like this thing we we made back in 1985 like let's let's follow this <laughs> uh yeah I, I would imagine that that would change in the future but right now they, that's just sort of seems cheap to me that they they say that it was but, cheap and fuck them for doing that that's horrible but uh ernie the actual puppet spoke to uh students at carnegie mellon university in 1997 and he says all that stuff about me and bert is not true we're both very happy but we're not gay so that's <laughs> an official ernie statement <laughs> and then i got one from bert too are you kidding he was interviewed by abc brisbane radio in 2005 and the interview asked if he and ernie were quote more than just good friends and bert said oh you had to ask that question no no in fact sometimes we're not even friends he can be a pain in the neck oh i was gonna say pain in the ass (laughs) (laughs) that would have been hilarious he's not gonna say that But anyway, that's all I got. That's follow that bird. Um, follow that turd. <laughs> you could buy this movie on the link below on her on her website, torturevision.com. And then when you're done, you can throw it in the trash like that one lady did. Because she's absolutely right. This is a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, I. it was just sad. It was, it was so, <laughs> there was so much downtime with the sad fucking music and like, there wasn't enough Oscar for my liking. I fucking loved every second he was on yeah. screen, though. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to give this a bad rating. Yeah, I It agree. wasn't horrible. I did have fun watching it. I do, I do suggest that everyone watch this. So I definitely will give it a bad rating, too. Um, it's, it's exactly what we like to do here. And I actually had a lot of fun doing this. So thanks for listening and uh, enjoy our favorite clip of the show. Thanks. Well... Goodbye, Oscar. What? What? That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. 